Everybody you think is unobtainable is obtainable. Like it's crazy. They are just a DM away. Filling your mind with positive thoughts over the negative thoughts of you maybe not being able to do it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and a Good Vibe. Today on the podcast, we sat down with Colin McManus, the founder of Lovesick, which is such an iconic apparel brand here in Los Angeles. And you guys are going to love this episode because it is such a real authentic conversation from Colin himself, talking from all elements of entrepreneurship. The reason why I also am so passionate about you guys listening to this episode is because this brand is so new. Colin started it in the beginning of 2021 and truly out of his passion for fashion. And the brand is just such a authentic representation of his own story and journey. And it's a beautiful way whenever a brand forms this way out of your own genuine why and purpose and passion. You guys are going to get so much in this episode because Colin goes into it all. He goes into the origin story, starting a fashion brand, where to start, his whole journey because he definitely had different jobs. And I love that because he authentically shared the different jobs that he worked that he really didn't love, but he shared how those were seasons in his life that served. He moved from Ohio, always wanted to live in sunny California. So all my people out there who want to move to a big city, are gonna love hearing how he made the move out here. And there's just so much more. This brand is doing so well. It is growing so much. And what fascinated me most is that Colin is a one man show. You would never ever guess that from the look of the brand and just seeing the athletes and influencers and just notable names that are wearing his merch. But he is doing it all and scaling so much and it's a beautiful journey to hear. And I know you guys are gonna get so much value from this. And when you do, when you're listening to this podcast, on whatever platform you are listening to this episode on, screenshot your phones and tag at Coffee and a Good Vibe, tag Lovesick with a double L, and let us know that you are listening because we would love to shout you out for taking time to listen to this episode. Moreover, shoot us a message, connect with us at Coffee and a Good Vibe on Instagram, let us know your thoughts on the episode. And guys, I'm gonna edit here because there's just so much in this episode. So let's dive into my amazing conversation with the founder of of lovesick Colin McManus. Today's episode is brought to you by Gorgeous, the leading customer service platform for e-commerce brands, helping merchants unlock revenue and deliver exceptional customer service. By prioritizing customer engagement, brands can create deeper, more personalized experiences for their shoppers. With the rising cost of acquiring new customers, retention is a key focus for D2C brands. Creating outstanding customer service experiences shouldn't be costly or a burden for your customer support team. This is exactly why Gorgeous is so great. Gorgeous helps you improve your customer service experiences by managing all your communication channels from one dashboard. It provides you with the ability to customize messages and automate replies, giving Gorgeous users an unparalleled power to resolve customer inquiries quickly and personalized, which is exactly what you need to improve your customer retention. Get started with Gorgeous today and start managing all your communication channels from 
from one platform that is designed to help you. Go check out Gorgeous now and redeem the offer in the show notes below. Guys, by clicking on the link in the show notes below, you get two months free with their platform. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and a Good Vibe. Guys, we're joined in person today with the one, the only, Colin McManus. So Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. We're so excited to dive in because we were, we were talking so much before we press record. This always happens, but then we're like, we need to put this on. I the feel podcast. like I was pushing you. I was like, let's sit down. I know because all the good stuff comes when you just meet someone like right. we've never met. So obviously so much good like conversation hearing about your background, but it's time to hear it on the podcast. Right, so right. give it to us. Who is Colin? What is lovesick? Let's dive into it. Where are you from? We're in LA. He's not from LA. So tell us. Um, well, I am me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Colin McManus. Um, I was, I'm a military brat, so we moved around a lot as a, as like a smaller kid growing up on the kind of the East coast, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. And then around fourth grade, we moved to uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And mm. for most people, I feel like if you moved around when you claim an area, it's usually probably your high school years. Cause you develop mm. a little more, you like make longer friends, yeah. you get into more shit. You know, it's like, if you claim a spot as a as a young child, it's like kind of weird, right? It's like, you didn't even really experience it. You were like seven. You don't really remember. Yeah. So I claim Ohio, Cleveland specifically, Medina even more specifically. And then from Cleveland, I have seasonal depression. One of the reasons <laughs> we all, I, I feel knew. like all of us in right. LA. <laughs> I have seasonal depression. So I knew that as a, as a young man. Self-awareness. One of the one <laughs> things I knew is that I had that. And so my, my goal was to leave Ohio mm. and I went to Florida for school to play lacrosse. Wow. Um, played lacrosse in high school. And then that didn't work out. Very small school, like 1,500 kids, I think. Mm. And I thought it was going to be perfect because I went down to Florida when it was January in Ohio. So it was like, oh, this is like paradise. Yeah. Got there, hated it. Ended up transferring back home and then I made my way to Arizona. And then I went to school in Arizona and then from Arizona, brought me to LA. What made you make the move to LA? If you've ever been to Scottsdale, it's uh, beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's also like a party town that is like just kind of circulating of the same stuff. Same yeah. weekend. Like you do the same thing every weekend. Yeah. It's the same people in the same club and the same, same day, same time. Um, and I just got burnt out. I was getting into a little bit of trouble. I will keep exactly specifics <laughs> of that out of here, but I was getting a little bit of trouble and um, I just kind of, always wanted to come to California. I mm. came the first time when I was a sophomore and we went to La Jolla. And obviously if you go to the rocks in La Jolla and you're from a small town in Ohio, you're like, holy cow, yeah. like it's insane. The houses, the water, the cliffs. And so I knew I always wanted to come to California. Mm. And when um, the opportunity arose, I, I took a low paying job. I was out here. So I took an extra like most at Arizona State, I took an extra year. Mm -hmm. So I did my, my, my extra lap. And uh, during that year, I was coming out to California a lot because my oh, best yeah. friend, uh, Brian, he, shout out Brian, <laughs> no free shout out, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he was, oh, he, he moved back after college, so I was visiting him. So nice, yeah. shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian, it's a six hour drive, it's easy. <laughs> and uh, we went to a club called No Vacancy, have you been? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been in so long, but it's such a cool like little speakeasy. 
and I met this guy there and uh, we just hit it off. We were talking about clothing and he offered me a job and like two to three weeks later I accepted and then I moved to California. Wow. Yeah. People on the podcast love those kinds of stories because it's like right place, right time. Right place, right time. And he just happened opportunity to, happens. So he happened to be the boss of my college teammate and one of my best friends. My best friend, my buddy, Ian, we never had talked about it. But then when his boss was there, we like made the connection. And then yeah, so we just like later, hit it, it off. stars align even more. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. crazy. Um, there's so many things I have to ask. Mm-hmm. First off, did you know you always wanted to be in fashion? Like, what were you in prior to fashion? What job was it? Prior to starting Lovesick, I was doing medical sales. And were you hating it in that time? Were you like, this is temporary? Or was it like, this is good? I've had a, like a very roller coaster career mm. since college. I, I love sports. Yeah. Like, crazy love sports. And I love fashion. And I've had always had like a little love for the military too. And like... Um, FBI, CIA kind of stuff, just like special ops. And um, so coming out of college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like many people, like, even, yeah. in, even in college, I had no idea. I just was, I went to school for the experience, not really mm. for the education. <laughs> and I knew I loved cl- clothing. Like I worked at uh, Urban Outfitters on Mill Avenue, which is the main bar street in Tempe. Cause I just, I love, clo- love clothing. Yeah. But I didn't know I wanted to be in like the industry um, but I do, rem- I do remember actually that I say this kind of wanting to do medical sales because I heard it was very lucrative and I heard that like, you can make a lot of money That's what and I, like, I, yeah. and I was young and I was, had no money. I had like $30 to my name every week. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. But like most jobs, you need 10 years of experience. Yeah. And as a college kid, you have zero. It's like mm-hmm. the most ridiculous thing. And so my first job out of college was a staffing firm, it staffing, you know, those yeah. people that like these companies like promise like a good time (laughs) (laughs) and they like wine and dine their employees, but the job like really sucks. Like I remember dude, I, I was miserable. So I did that for like four months and that's when I was coming back and forth to California. Yeah. And then I got the job offer and I told my mom and dad and they're like, do it. And so I was like, okay, I'm quitting this week. So my mom like drove to, or like flew to Arizona. She like picked me up from work in my car when I walked out and then we, uh, came to California and I worked for the clothing brand. Mm-hmm. So I, so I thought I was like getting in, I was 20, probably 22 at the time. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I'm getting into my career. And then it was an amazing job, amazing people, downtown LA fashion industry, putting my input into things, working social media, doing wholesale, making a little bit of money, like on the side of my salary. And I was having a really good time, but then a couple of years went by and I was like, man, I can't keep up with my lifestyle. Like I don't have enough money mm-hmm. to do what I want to do. And so that being said, in that time, I got an English bulldog, which are medical dogs. Like they're, they're so expensive and <laughs> with help from my sisters. So I had this English bulldog. She tears her ACL. We're going in depth here, but she tears her ACL. No. I can't, I can't pay for it. And I tell my dad and my dad's like, uh, like you have to figure something out because you have this responsibility and you can't even yeah. take care of it. So he, help me with that. And then he was like, figure it out. So that's when I jumped ship and I was like, I need to find a better job. Got medical sales, went to medical sales. And then when I got to medical sales, I was like, this is going to be my future. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to start at this company. Then I'm going to go to Stryker. I'm going to sell like knee implants. I'm going to make $500,000 a year and start a family. Live in Brentwood. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Live in Brentwood, like all this stuff. And then like a year in, I was miserable. 
I was shaving my face every day because I got to wear, it's got to be like clean cut. I was wearing yeah. a suit and tie. I was always wearing long sleeves because my tattoos. Yeah. I, was, I was definitely, I think I was the youngest person in my company too. That was just the black sheep and it wasn't, it just wasn't me. And everybody would always say, like I was driving a minivan and I had sold my Jeep. So I'm a single male in LA driving a minivan. And it was very hard on me. It was hard for my conscience. It was really difficult. And I just, I was the black sheep and it just wasn't, I knew it wasn't me. So I just started trying to think about things I wanted to do. And I knew fashion was something I wanted mm-hmm. to get back into. And I started applying to jobs like Hypebeast, Goat, wow. some stuff like that. It kept getting denied. And then my mom and sister kind of uh, pushed me in a direction. Like, maybe try some yourself. That's kind of how Love Sick got started. Okay, so much there. So much. Sorry. And I love, love that, you know, when the jobs and like the jobs that you applied for, sometimes people think it's the end of the world. Like, oh, I'm not meant to do fashion. Like, I didn't get I get the job at Hypebeast. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's just a sign. Like, like hey, that's not. Yeah. yeah. It's like, because you're going to do something way bigger, way right. greater. You don't know it in the time, though. Yeah, you never know it mm-hmm. in the time. But I kind of, before we go into lovesick, I want to know more of like the mindset of you. Because you clearly had this like self-awareness of what you want to do. If you're not happy, I love how you just change that. Like you change your circumstances, you change yeah. your life. But a lot of people listening maybe like in a job that they're not passionate about. And they might have this like passion for another industry but they don't take the bet on themselves to go all in and I know Mm -hmm. you mentioned like your mom your sister is super supportive and like put stuff like positive words in your ear hey maybe this so what like was going through your head that was like you know what I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go all in if you can go back to yeah that mind so when I was working for the company I like kind of try to start pre-planning like Mm -hmm. I knew that I wasn't gonna do medical sales forever so I started thinking about things and what I wanted to do. Once I came up with the idea that I wanted to, to have a clothing brand, um, it took me a little bit to get there though. Like I had been in, I'm gonna tread lightly here, but um, some of my relationships in my life weren't working out. Um, Love relationships, yeah. stories here. <laughs> uh, so, and that had a big factor on me figuring out what I'm doing with my life. Mm. Um, along with me not being happy in my current position and career. Yeah. So it was a combination of like not getting what I want relationship wise, as well as just not overall being happy. And I Mm. think, and if anybody is in that situation, I think they know how bad that feels. Mm. And how much anxiety you can have and, and how shitty you just feel about like what you're doing unless you're the type of person that doesn't care and just sits on the couch and watches Netflix every single day. But like, I thought of, I always am thinking about the future and it's a good thing and a bad thing. And I just, you know, I didn't want to like disappoint my family. I had a great job, but I also like didn't want to disappoint my family. And I also wanted more things out of life Mm -hmm. rather than just to like work drive my minivan home, mm-hmm. go to my nice apartment and then do it all again and again and then wake up with anxiety about what I may have missed or what I may have forgot about at work. And, you know, having a boss is tough too. Yeah, I, I haven't had one in a while, but <laughs> it's tough. No, I, I I think like entrepreneurs too, like we're so used to it, like of always do, making our own like day-to-day schedule and like making the rules for ourselves. So I can only imagine like you before like living that life that seems like 
You're living your purpose. Everybody, everybody always would say to me like, man, you don't look like you're a medical student. Like just stuff. So surprised, Just right? like, yeah. So those two factors kind of pushed me to that direction. And then COVID hit 2020. And in October, months prior, we were told that we would be safe. Like the sales team is like the core of this company. We need you guys to make money, even though yeah. we're losing it. And then months later, they're like, hey, we got to furlough people. You're on the list. So we're going to furlough you. And I just asked... You know, I was aware, like you said, I was aware of my unhappiness. So I just was like, hey, I'm not happy. Can you just, you know, pay me out and we can go our separate ways instead of doing a furlough. I don't want to come back. So they did. And then immediately I packed my car, got the bulldog in the front seat and we drove to South Carolina where my dad lives. So we drove across country and we stayed out there for like three or four months. And I just hammered out my business plan, hammered out how I'm going to get the money for it and hammered out the future of the, of the company and wh- where I want to take it. And then with help from him, with all of that, from the business plan, from a little bit of cash on the side to taking care of me for four months, yeah. um, I drove home like late November and launched it in February. That's insane. That year. Yeah. How did you even know where to be? And so was like, did you have a mentor guiding you in fashion? So when I worked at the fashion yeah. brand, um, I made a lot of good connections. Connections, oh yeah. my God, that's amazing. Um, one of my higher ups, director of operations, you might've heard of the brand, it was dope. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, wait, isn't that with Rob? Yeah, he. so he bought it while we were- so Rob is now in like Puerto Rico or something. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing with the brand, but um, I, I don't even know if it's around it. Dope, I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was the brand. Um, my prior boss started in Indiana, moved it to LA. Wow. And, um, uh, my director of operations, Steve, he became a good friend of mine. And when I, before I started the brand, I would ask him a bunch of questions. Just, mm. I told him this recently, but I don't really talk about it a lot, but I consider him my mentor. He's about two years older than me, but I definitely consider him my mentor through this whole process. He would guide me through everything. That's insane. Yeah. Where did you begin with Lovesick? So like, how did the name even come about? The name I knew would be the dictation of like the vibe of the brand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would kind of like set the the path for whichever way we're going down. Yeah. Um, and for the name, um, there's two reasons like I kind of just mentioned. It's such a good name. Thank you so much. It's like. Two reasons why I just mentioned. I had a relationship in my just- life. And it, it, it wasn't working out like multiple times. And for me, that was like a big motivator push. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of prove myself right. And so like that's kind of the love part of it. And um, the word lovesick, it's like general term meaning is when you have something and lose it, you feel so sick without it. That's deep. Yeah. So once I got into fashion and once Mm -hmm. I started Lovesick, I was like, holy crap, I finally feel like I'm doing something that I like am somewhat made to do. Yeah. And like, I feel like like a purpose. Exactly. I felt like I kind of had it and I still am like trying to fully grab it because sometimes I feel like an imposter, but I finally felt like I had it. And so Lovesick, I was like, okay, like for me being Lovesick is having this brand and doing what I want to do. And for you, it could be doing podcasts or for a doctor, they could be lovesick over helping people. It's like when they don't have their passion, 
it's like you're sick without it. So everybody could be lovesick in their own way. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I'm I was totally kind of butchered sense. trying to explain that. No, that makes sense. I followed it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. And it comes from such an authentic place too, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing because every brand, right? When it comes from such an authentic place and you clearly have so much passion behind it, that's when it can scale and exactly. it doesn't feel like work. So that's what people told me. So I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out yeah. how I can relate this to me. Because people are like, hey, if you have a good story and it's truthful and you're not mm-hmm. just like here to make hype products or here to make a quick dollar, like you can take it somewhere. And so yeah. I really, it took me like seven months to figure out the word lovesick. Oh, but then it just like came? I, don't, I think I might have, I was literally just turning pages in a dictionary, like just looking for words, just yeah. different words that would catch my eye. Originally wanted like a one syllable word to mm-hmm. make quick, but then... I saw lovesick and I was like, I like it, but like, it's not exactly how I want it to be. And then I was like, what if I add an L to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my first name is Colin and I have two L's in it. And people growing up would always be like, are you a one L Colin or a two L Colin? (laughs) And so I was like, it's two L's. And I always, as a young boy, you're like, one L sucks. Like two L's it is. If you don't do two L, you're not a real Colin. (laughs) So I added the double L for my That is my so authentic name. to you too. Yep. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like such an important topic to talk about, but it's like the fashion industry, right? Any industry is saturated. And I think saturation is a good thing because it shows that there's such a market for what you have to offer. And it's all about how you differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. So like the name, the story, what other things would you even recommend to someone, no matter what niche it could be like a fitness industry, but like ways to differentiate their brand and kind of help them from like, deterring from the competition if you will obviously being like the the easiest answer is like being be unique to yourself Mm -hmm. and that's a really tough question but for me specifically what I told myself and I didn't always say I need to be different I need to be Mm -hmm. different I need to be different but what I did say was I've always thought like yes I have good style but like I my style is not singular like I'm not the only one who thinks my style is good like mm-hmm. other people dress like me other people have similar style and I told myself if I just make things that I like because I think I have good style I know other people will probably like it too. Yeah. And then that's what I started doing. I just started making stuff that I like I wear almost there's not one thing I've made that I wouldn't wear. Mm-hmm. So I like really truly do like everything I make so have made so far. So that was for me to be different. It was just making things that I like. Yeah, and you clearly saw like a gap with no other brand, a gap in the market mm-hmm. for your in, like your brand because like no other brand was doing it like you. Right, and I, it just a lot of times I would go to my closet and be like, oh, I wish I had black hat with like a little white writing, mm. or I wish I like had this He's wearing it. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Or I wish I had something that would match with this. And I, it was always a problem because going out shopping is kind of challenging. I mean, I think it's easier for girls. I think girls always have better, wider, like, like I went to Zara two days ago and you go through the Zara girls section and it is insane. Yeah. And then you go to the back and it's like a quarter of the size for the guys. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that it would be hard for me to shop for specific things that I like. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, I'm just going to make things that I like. And then hopefully everybody else kind of follows suit and likes it too. And it's working. Clearly. Yeah, it is working, which is how, crazy. And how do you continue to do that? Like staying in your lane? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people too. Once they're in their lane, they know they have their brand. They can get, they can get like almost like consumed by 
competitors in their space Mm -hmm. but you are like just through like even your energy like you're just super self-aware super in your lane and it doesn't seem like you ever like get phased or even look at other i definitely look at other brands all the time like i've had a lot of inspirations from some big brands but when i started i like wrote like a couple pages of things that i just love like Mm. just different things whether it could be like a sport like i said i really love sports so that sports inspire me like a lot um but I just wrote down this book of things that I like and things that I wanted um, clothing wise. And so I started um, just going down that book. Whenever I want to make something, I think of the topic. Like if it's, for instance, I'm releasing these shorts in a week and they're the, called the racing shorts, July 30th. We'll get to that. <laughs> June 30th, wait, June 30th. July 30th. Live and they're called the racing shorts. And they're in, I've been recently getting into F1 Formula One racing. Wow. And I've been just kind of been becoming a more fa- bigger fan of it. Yeah. So for that, I just was like, man, I want to make something like, like kind of inspired by that. With the shorts, I have like checkered on the one leg and then to represent like the, the finishing flag. But a lot of the times I'll find my topic and I'll go to Pinterest and type that word in. Yeah. And I'll just look up things that are eye pleasing. And then I'll like grab this picture and I'll grab that font and then I'll grab like this like whatever and just add it in this is actually like such a cheat code right now like we're getting like really good stuff here because I've never heard that before yeah Pinterest is like Pinterest is is is, I didn't start using it until like after college but um it's like huge for me because it it like sparks Mm -hmm. because I'm not gonna lie and I'm not I don't even consider myself a really designer but um coming up with just stuff right off the top of your head is very difficult. Yeah. It's, it's like just really challenging. But a lot of times I'll be outside or I'll be at a store mm-hmm. or we'll be driving somewhere and I'll see something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that would look so cool. Yeah. Like this shirt. So I made this shirt, which is was, very excited about. That's so nice. And I saw this. I um, one of those. I feel like females can wear those. I saw this print in a windowsill uh, downtown LA when I was walking by and I looked at it and I was like, oh, that could be a cool shirt. Yeah. So and then I eventually went back, bought it, and then we got it made. Yeah. That's crazy. For launches, because you mentioned the, the shorts, like, do you theme your launches? Obviously, like, it's so intrinsic to you, like, what you feel like there's a gap, like, you want to fulfill it. But do you stick to a certain type of clothing? Like, it seems like you will dabble into different things. Well, I'm so, I'm so new. So the brand started in February 2021. Mm. So year and a half, year, a little over a year and a half. Um, so I really haven't done a lot, but right now, um, I'm just kind of doing things that are, I don't want to say it's easier to make, but it's like a simpler process. Okay. Um, so what kind of products are those like that are simpler? Like t-shirts, hats, and like shorts. Mm -hmm. Those are in like sweats are like the most basic crew necks, like basic, like a more challenging piece would be like like a swimsuit or like a jacket or like a pair of trousers. Like pants are challenging. Okay. Pants are very challenging because you have many sizes. Yeah. And like for shirts, there's five sizes, right? Mm -hmm. Small through XL, whatever, whatever it may be. But for pants, everybody's a different body shape. So getting pants that are like generally universal for Mm -hmm. whoever you're trying to go out, it's, it's hard to do. I remember doing it at the company I used to work for, but for me, I'm just, making stuff that like I would wear. So 
I like trucker hats and I like corduroy. Like right now I'm very into corduroy. I, and I've always, so nice. I've always been into corduroy, but like now that I'm making clothes, it's like, wow, I have the opportunity to like make anything I want. Corduroy. Yeah. And so, then people love it. And oh, it's totally man. so fulfilling to yeah. see people wear it. It is it, like, it's crazy sometimes, but so corduroy, I'm, I have like a bunch of corduroy stuff coming out because I'm just really into corduroy mesh shorts. I'm, always wearing mesh shorts either it's, mm. I, I sleep in shorts yeah I don't like have pajamas and stuff like that so I sleep with sh- just the shorts so I'm either wearing them around the house I'm either wearing them to work out yeah. running errands like going going wherever so they're super super versatile so that's why I like making that I choose products to make just like, like I said if I look at my closet and I don't have it then I want to start making it. And like, I don't have a nice jacket. I do have some jackets, but not one that I made. So mm-hmm. like, I want to make a jacket. I want to make trousers. I want to make so many things. Yeah. And anyone can apply this to whatever industry they're in. Cause no one's going to do it the way you're doing it. Right. And like the brand identity that you have. And I think also, I love that you gave context on that timeline because the brand is so new, but you've hit such like the brand. If someone like looks it up, which all of you guys will click like have look at it on instagram it's grown so much it has and i want to ask like i love asking this question on was there one point in the journey where it popped off like you know sometimes someone has a tiktok that goes viral yeah. or was it a gradual domino effect? it's i've had those moments mm-hmm. of feeling like that when someone wears a product mm-hmm. but i it, it's been a gradual growth there's there's never been the spike so but- it's, it hasn't been like wake up one day and I have like a thousand more followers. You're getting like that momentum and sometimes it's just it's all gradual, yes. momentum and it keeps you going. You've gotten huge names to wear your clothes though. Mm-hmm. And people listening, they die for that. Any mm-hmm. industry, they die to get their product or their clothes like worn by yeah. some of these influencers, celebrities, athletes, but you've done that. Yeah, <laughs> Could you outline how that has happened? Yeah, it's, that's the most fulfilling part for me. One thing I learned about starting a clothing brand or doing whatever is that everybody you think is unobtainable is obtainable. I like it's crazy. They are just a DM away. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if they're going to look at it or not. Almost all of my my gifting opportunities have come from me DMing people. Wow. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I changed my profile picture to a yellow dot. And so it's more noticeable. It's, more, it's so noticeable because yeah. no one has that. Yeah. So it's like just if it's in there, like, you know, for a guy like Andre Drummond, who's an old Laker player, he's a Brooklyn net now. Yeah. He wore my shirt last year during the playoffs, like the tunnel walk, which is like huge for me. That's exactly like what I wanted is an NBA player wearing your gear during a game of what you're watching that you love. It just was awesome. And um, that came from a DM. So all these places are all these guys are usually more obtainable than you think. Mm-hmm. And it's really about just saying the right thing. And, and no, it, can you tell and, us what the script was? Well, I mean, also you have to have a, you have to have a product that they're interested in, of mm-hmm. course, but saying the right thing. And I mean, I gift a lot of stuff. So free gear for people is always enticing, but um, yeah, I've been pretty lucky, I think with how many people I've been wearing it, but you know, there's still a lot more people I want to wear it. <laughs> That's so crazy, though. When you have someone really reputable, like an athlete, wear your clothes, do you notice the big spike right after? Or is it like... You know what? I don't. Like, 
it's crazy. I thought I would. I do they tag when they do it or no? Sometimes, sometimes not. But the brand, like the double L, lo- like love yeah. stick, it's like. But I do notice when I post, people engage way more on that. Like if mm. I post, so I, so you know who Josh Richards is? Yeah, he's a fellow Canadian. Oh yeah, okay. He is the BFF pod. So yeah. after our, we had a uh, launch party last summer for my second collection. And after a party, we went to Buffalo Club in Santa Monica. Yeah. And he was there. And uh, my buddy was just like drunk. We had, my whole party was there. My buddy was like drunk. I know, I think he was underage. I don't know. Yeah, Josh is so young. Uh, yeah, you're like, how, wait, is he like 19? I see it going through your head. In Canada, he's good. Yeah. Um, so my buddy's like drunk, takes his hat off his head and goes, hey, this is our buddy's brand, like rock it for us. And he's like, cool. And he's like, but. That is so He's like, sick. but you have to like get a picture with us. So we got a picture. And then he wore it on his like BFF podcast. With Dave Portnoy, yeah, it's huge. Like, he wore it on like 12 consecutive thumbnails on his TikTok. It was just the lovesick hat. And I was like, wow, this is going to be huge. And not really anything came from it. You know, I might have got gradual growth from it, but no spike. But when I, and, I, and, then, I'll, and then I think I post, what I was going to say, I'm sorry. I posted on my Instagram and everybody's like, whatever. And then I post a picture of Andre or Buddy Healed. And yeah. people love that. People, I've noticed that my community is like, likes athletes, likes sports. Who's your so demographic? I think it said like 18 to 40 year old males, 75% men, 25% women, like anywhere from like 16 to like 30 year old women. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy though on the athletes. I feel like it's so much shooting your shot mm-hmm. and just never, Definitely. you just never know. Like you yeah. can go out somewhere and maybe you don't want to go, but then right place, right time. Right. Like you just always have to be putting yourself out there regarding like the growth of the page. I, it has been all organic, correct? Yep. And yeah. it's grown so much. Do you have any techniques? Cause I feel like that's very nice. Cause a lot of people listening are like, oh, I have to do paid social. I have to do paid influencer yeah. campaigns. What's been your so cheat codes? I might pull back a little bit on my answer there, but I thought you meant just followers. But I remember one of my buddies telling me, he's like, dude, like growing your account from zero to 10,000 is like You've really hard. You've grown it so much. I know, it's yeah. crazy. And I was like, well, I don't want to, because like anybody that's in social media knows that you can buy followers. Like, yeah. It's like pretty common. But also that doesn't give you an engagement. It's just like empty weight. Yeah, you see it so much. And I thought about it doing it so much just to be. Just to have that like number. Just to look like credible. I know what you mean. Just to look credible. And I thought about doing it. And then I decided that that I didn't want to do it because I was just scared of like looking. Because there's so many brands online that you're like, wow, they have like 60,000. And then they have like 20 likes. It's like, this is fake. Like, I don't want to be known to that. I want to be. Because even if you do have lower followers and have better engagement, at least that community is like actually into your stuff instead of having yeah. a big number and nobody commenting. And it's anything. also fun on the other side. Like when you need to ask the community something, people are yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I was at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. I was just being like a savage on Instagram. I was like that. going, liking 150,000 photos a day, commenting on everybody's random people's photos, following people, like liking things that like kind of fit with my page. Yeah. And then when I started putting product out, that's when the kind of the normal growth started coming. I have a huge friend group in Arizona Mm. and they have been extremely, extremely supportive of me. 
And without them, I don't think that the brand had, would have grown to where it's at because of the people in Arizona repping it out there for me. Wow. Um, so when I started, when I launched my first product in February of 21, I had like a big influx of my people posting and just being really supportive of me. Um, and I helped, I think that got the kickstart, yeah. but I started doing ads like six or seven months ago. Do you recommend it? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I was doing well. And then once I started paying for pay promotion and not with influencers, I haven't paid any influencers. I usually, my, I shoot my shot. Hey, product, for, product yeah. for promotion. If you're down, not everybody's down, which is cool. But that's the spot. I'm a in lot right. of people are because it's a lot sick, of people are. Too. It's exactly. like if the product's good, people exactly. will do it. And I'm not no hard feelings to them. No hard feelings to me. Maybe we'll meet down in the future and not that I'm not. not that's how I discovered your brand, by the way. How? Because Megan, she's posting sick photos yeah. in the merch. Megan's a homie. And I was like, this is so this brand mm-hmm. is so cool. And then, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, she's been a huge part of it, too. And then so I'm doing like pretty much back end ads and stuff like that mm-hmm. that helps and then like paid promotion on instagram you can pay for to promote your post you know it's yeah, like really basic anybody can do it even at your personal page and instagram and, will even do the audience for you yep exactly you can you can be so specific about your audience which yeah. is really cool i started doing that when i started making prototypes and i noticed like when i when i pay 30 bucks for for five days i got like five times more followers than i did the last five days and as, as long as I'm posting something cool or, yeah, yeah. you know. That was going to be my next question. How do you approach your content creation and like what you post on the gram with like yesterday you had a shoot. Mm-hmm. So like, do you pull out Pinterest? Like what's your vibe when you're coming to the creative of shooting your apparel? Um, so I've been saying this to my kind of my circle, but um, I've been doing a lot of like mom and pop shooting on my, if you look at the Instagram page, it's yeah. a lot of iPhone shots, a lot of my backyard. Those work. They do Those work, but they do work. Yes, they mm-hmm. are genuine. And I won't fully ever get away from it, but I am. I want the brand to elevate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we did this big shoot yesterday. We spent like eight hours there. Specific like aesthetic, specific film on the lens, yeah. like really a specific type of picture that I wanted to come out. And we're looking for like the vintage vibe coming Love around. That. We're trying so to elevate sick. the page with new photography and stuff. So moving forward, I'm going to be more specific about what I post. But back then, engagement, like as I was, I'm not, never not growing, but getting to growing and getting, trying to get to 10,000 and trying to get to 12,000 or whatever. Posting is posting. You got to be consistent. Like on mm-hmm. social media, if you want to grow, you got to be consistent. No matter if people like it or not if you're posting every other day and it's cool stuff, eventually it will catch on. And that's basically what I've been doing. And so I've never been shy away from posting something, whether I think it's going to be good or not. Now that we have more photography and more content, I want to be more specific about it because I want the page to look a little different. Mm -hmm. I want to look a little more high end and I want to just have a little step up um, from like, you know, the backyard hat shot. Yeah. But, um, but the mesh, the mix. Yeah, but there will be a mix, 100%. Because yeah. I do these shots where I grab my hat and I take a picture of it. And I love those shots. Yeah. Because it's like fresh off the press. Like, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? And I like people to know that I'm still behind. Like, That's I'm so still the cool. guy doing everything for them. So I think, too, like investing in the page so much it's gonna grow like when you when you do those dms for gifting people are gonna be like that is sick i want to wear that and they can just see it in the app any other community tips you mentioned and we were talking about this before we started recording but events 
we both were saying it grows the community so much. Are you doing these launch parties every launch or something like occasionally? So I only threw one and basically to like break it down, I was going to throw a birthday party and then my sister. July 31st. (laughs) And then my sister was told by my mom that I wanted to throw a birthday party. And then my sister was like, well, we should do a huge lovesick party. And I was like, uh, yeah. And then she's like, let's do it. And then I was like, okay, let's do it. And then we started planning it. And then it went from just like a birthday party with like a lovesick sign yeah. to a full on lovesick launch party. That's so cool. Yeah. Is it going to be a part of the business plan now? Yearly? Well, it was so fun. It was so much fun and it was so successful. Um, we did crazy sales that day. Wow. We had some, a huge turnout of like athletes, some writers from like Hypebeast and, and um, Complex came. That's crazy. Uh, uh, met a lot of like some fresh, um, met a lot of people like that had bought Lovesick that were friends of friends that yeah. I invited. It was just really successful and really fun. And I saw the account, account grow a little bit and like more people started paying attention. Um, but it was stressful. Like events are so stressful. It was it was it was stressful. I like leading up to it, I was kind of an asshole to people. <laughs> uh, I remember being kind of a dick, and I I regret that. But I I I'm I'm definitely down. It just has to be right. Like that's why I said I might be throwing another. I don't know if it'd be as big, but might be throwing another one on the thirty first. You heard would, it here first. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not an open invite. But <laughs> <laughs> not an like open invite. DM call and yeah. shoot your shot. Hey, shoot your shot, man. If I know you. This is the theme what we right. learned. Exactly. We exactly. No, I love that. It seems like, so I want to go more in on you. Okay. The entrepreneur behind the brand. Because we're so passionate about that because you create the business. You create the empire you build. And I would love to hear from you. What you do daily to fill your cup, to be so self-aware, to just grow you as a person? Like, do you have any daily routines, rituals, things that you have to do? Uh, I had a conversation with my photographer last night, but I don't really have any routines. I want to get into it and want it's just such a bad thing to say because if I wanted it, I would do it. But I don't really want it that bad. Um, <laughs> this is good honesty. Though. Yeah, it's, I'm just being truthful and transparent. I don't have any routines. I do have to start my day with Alfred's coffee. I'm a, we love Alfred's. I have like the cold brew set at home. I don't oh, even go to the I'm store obsessed. anymore. I don't even go to the store to get him anymore. I we want to have Josh, the founder, on the podcast. Oh, really? I'm putting it out there. Yeah, get him. Is he an LA guy? Yeah, he, he's from LA. He owns Melrose Place. Uh, he's huge in LA. Wow. He's killing And young. Is he? Young. I know he's, he's young as well, but coffee. like, he's like younger than like, our parents. No kidding. Yeah, he's like in his 40s. Uh, Josh, come on the pod, man. Yeah, right? Um, but I don't really have any specific interests. For me, like getting to where I am, if like that's kind of the basis of the question, like how did I get here? I, I just like didn't want to be a failure and like did whatever I could. Like, you know when people say you got to make sacrifices yeah. to like do stuff? I, I really sacrificed a lot of things when I decided I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I stopped going out. I stopped like hanging out with friends all the time. Like I sold my car so I could drive the minivan and, and not waste yeah. money. Like I did, I did certain things to set me up to, for success. And then I just had to go get it. Um, for daily routines... Um, I do walk the, the bulldog every morning with the coffee. She doesn't walk far, so it's like 30 yards <laughs> and we walk back. And then I usually get up, hit my computer with emails because no matter if I have 
two emails or a hundred, I always have anxiety about emails. Oh, same. I always feel like same. people are in my emails like wanting to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the crazy every day. Even though, like I just answered them before I came here too. I like caught caught up from yesterday, and then like I looked at one walking in, and I was like. Ah, are you the type of person who needs to respond right away or like feels the need to for the most part i try to but like same with text because this is important i always talk to mentors about that they're like everyone has their own view some people are like reply like ed mylett says don't like have windows in your day and then some other people who are like very successful that i value their advice they're like reply right away like if you see it respond yeah my dad says that and he's a marine but that's probably why he says that but speaking of text i for emails if it's urgent 100 percent i'll yeah. try to get to him if i messed up on something 100 percent i'll answer right away but if it's like somebody who ordered on monday and on tuesday they're asking where their order is mm-hmm. i'm gonna let that sit on ice for a good 24 <laughs> hours until like yeah. so they can learn something too like your 24 order hours is, is reasonable though I am not Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am doing everything on my own. I am not Amazon. Um, for text, I've noticed since I've started the brand, I am becoming a terrible texter. Same. Like though. terrible texter. I always have like a, a number of text out, like still unread and I, I need to get better about it. What I'll do is I'll just, I'll look at it. I'll open it. This is the problem. You know, you know what they need to have on Instagram? They're adding a feature on unread. Instagram. Uh, unread on, on message on text you yeah. can swipe right to i heard unread. that you can unread text soon i don't care about people seeing that i unread it i care about me when i go because i will forget i'll open it and then i will never and i won't go back because it's not opened or because yeah. it's opened instagram has that yes they Are do you, well probably, they only have it for business they don't have it for personal oh i have at this. least at least for me i think okay no must no you're right you're right you're yeah right. it's only business yeah because sometimes i do it on instagram too and i'm trying to swipe i'm like I feel like you're very responsive in DM because it's your I am. Yeah. With DMs, for lovesick DMs, me, I mean, I don't really get a lot of DMs, but uh, for lovesick DMs, I'm, I try to be right away. On like it. every, even any down point I have, usually I'm in my DMs. Like, yeah, I've been at the club before, like in my DMs, just yeah. tr- tr- trying to answer questions. Do you, so I love how you said that when you were like, especially starting the brand, you, you know, with the car, you changed it, you you said no to going out. I think a lot of people should like re-listen to that because I do think it's super valuable because you did make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. to get to where you are today. And yeah. it's like, do you now have balance in your life? How do you structure the social yeah. element? Cause you're still scaling. It's like new level, new devil. Yeah. I always find like things just get busier as you grow too. Yeah, I, I don't have much balance still. I just went on like a, I would say like a party travel spree of March and April. So where'd you uh, go? It was, honestly, it was all weddings that I had, oh. to, I had to go. But, and then I went to, so it was like obligations. But besides that, I, I like, I, I don't, I go out every so often if it like, if it's like a group thing and I can meet new people and I can mm-hmm. benefit lovesick somehow, I'm always down for that. If I'm meeting like an athlete or something, I'll go out for that. But I am, I'm not the type of guy that's like, on Tuesday, like we're going out Friday night. Like yeah. I'm not that, I don't really do that anymore. I think every, I think you always have to be super intentional with your time. Yeah. And like, I always talk about that on the podcast. It's you only have so much time in a day and you mm-hmm. got to prioritize your focuses, but yeah, I think it's cho- picking your battles. Like also like, yeah, I mean, I partied a lot in school. So like I got a lot <laughs> yeah, out of me from Scottsdale. Yeah. I got a lot out of me and 
you know, as we get older, it's harder to party. Yeah. And it, it like, it hurts more. It's so, <laughs> the next day. It does. And like, I am just not a good person when I'm hungover. So I prefer not to Is it the free event, Colin? Are you asking if I was like this before my event? No, because you know how you said you were not so nice before your event? Is it the same? No, I'm not that I, it's not that I mean, um, <laughs> damn, uh, it's not that I mean, I just like, I'm useless. I got you. Like, I'm just useless because like the hangovers hit me so hard. Yeah. So like social life is still not really the back. I try to implement it a little bit, but I spend a lot of time at the house. I have my office there, my studio, all my products there. Mm-hmm. I have my dog there, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah, have uh, we should bring her next right time. She'd be perfect right here. And so I definitely I've become more of a homebody. Yeah. Recently, I do like to have a good time. Don't get me wrong, but like going out, I'd much rather go out. Like if I'm gonna go out and have a good time, I want to do it during the day and be at home in the night. Uh, same same yeah. vibe. I and I think that it's so important because you clearly have such a big vision for lovesick, and it's continuing like Mm -hmm. making the sacrifices and and really just hustling down on that note like what is the vision for lovesick like have you on in five years where is lovesick i hope i hope we're like a global brand i mean i i plan it to be a global brand i i when i started knew that i had the potential to do this i knew Mm -hmm. i could bring it somewhere but i didn't realize that i could do it this quickly um, like with I the growth, so with the growth and stuff. Yeah. And if we keep doing what we're doing, and if we keep making cool stuff, and people keep like buying into the the vision and the story, I think that we could be just as big as some of those brands out there, like now, like Rude and and other brands like that. Um, they're a big inspiration for mine, but I think people say like like you work so hard until your your idols become your rivals or yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like. I look up to some of these guys, but eventually, hopefully, I'm like sitting right next to him. So, I want it to be global. I want it to be everywhere. I want it to be every kid in the nation to have a lustic hat on. Hey, it's gonna happen. Speaking into existence. I know. What are you manifesting? Is huge. It's a huge part. Do you manifest? Did you manifest? My my mirrors are filled with sayings. What's your favorite? We're huge on manifestation here. Like, what's your favorite method? Is it the affirmations? Like verbally, do you do- verbally to myself? Yeah, I will walk around my house talking to myself out loud, and then just like confirming things. Like if I'm uncertain about something, or I'll write it on my mirror. Hey, that's your daily routine. That's right. a ritual yeah. for you. Yeah, I'll like walk. I'll be walking up and down my long hallway, and then I'll walk. This is so weird, but I'll like walk <laughs> into my bedroom, past my long mirror, talking. And then I'll just look at myself and start talking to myself <laughs> about like something I want to do or something that I want and be like, dude, you can do it. And it's like small things. It's not like crazy conversations, yeah. but just like, it's like, it's almost, it's not even real conversations to me. It's just filling your mind with positive thoughts over the negative thoughts of you maybe not being able to do it. Yeah, it's that belief system. You're strengthening it so much. And that builds for when you're in the real world and someone's like, that's a dumb idea. Like, you don't even, doesn't even phase you. Yeah, I used to be so sensitive to that. And and very, like, if someone told me that I wasn't good at something or doing it wrong or, like, you can't, I was very, very sensitive to that. Now I'm just like... That's so important. Whatever. Because if you don't believe you're gonna do something, then no. Why else should anybody is else? Exactly. Exactly. I love that so mm. much. What are you personally excited for? Um, like anything personally that you're super stoked about, and and it could be related to lovesick too. Well, first and foremost, I'm personally excited about the new collection coming out on June 30th. 
uh, online at www.lovesick.com. This will we'll be link my it below too. yeah. This will be my third collection. So third group of clothes, the biggest group I've ever had. Um, my first two collections were like four pieces each, so yeah. not a lot. This has about thirteen, so wow. it's like doubling a little bit more. And then hopefully we can keep doing that as we grow. So I'm very very excited about that. Been working on this for like seven months. I feel like no one knows in the apparel industry like how much goes into a launch. Like yeah, you always hear it from different founders and it's insane with like how much prep goes into that like one capsule. Collection. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's from photography to designing to manufacturing to like marketing. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many things that do it. And like you could do it, but you could do it with a few of those and, and get away. But for where I want to take the brand and make sure we're doing it the right way, I want everything to be like coincide like especially with the photography like we talked about we like put a lot into this this time so i really am pushing on the content side because i think content's really important so obviously the the launch of the new collection is the most important thing personally for me gosh (laughs) honestly my life revolves around this right now i don't really have any like vacations or anything like that that i'm going to pamper myself or anything i am fully focused on taking lovesick to the step where and listen, I love clothing and I love fashion and yeah, working is cool, but the ultimate goal is like freedom. Yeah. You know, if I can have freedom at some point in my life because of lovesick, that's where I want to be. So mm. that's my ultimate goal and doing something that I love in the process, hopefully will get me there. It's, it is. You mm-hmm. speak it into existence right. every day when you walk past yourself in the mirror, it's every all going to happen. Exactly. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. There's been so many things that we tapped into, and I know this episode is going to be so extremely valuable for everyone listening. I would love for you to plug away. We're going to have everything linked in the show notes, so verbally, like your Instagram. Are you guys on TikTok? Any social platforms? Yeah, I need to get better on TikTok. Um, we have love at lovesick, double L, on TikTok. Instagram is at lovesick, L-L-O-V-E-S-I-C-K, just like it sounds, www.lovesick.com. And then my personal is just Colin McManus. Yellow circle, guys. You'll find it. For me and my brand, actually, yeah. Thank you guys so much. We will see you in the next one. This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous, the leading customer service platform for e-commerce brands, helping e-commerce owners deliver more personalized experiences for their shoppers, leading to higher customer retention and loyalty. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes for two months free of Gorgeous. See you in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us and listening to this week's podcast episode. If you made it this far, I just want to honor you and tell you you're a real one. You take time to invest in you and your day. That just speaks volumes of the person that you are. So I hope you continue to do so. Spread the good vibes. Share this episode with a friend. Shoot them the link. Copy and paste this link of this episode on whatever platform you're listening. Shoot a text to a friend. Tell them they need to soak up the value, the good vibes in this episode and we would so appreciate it and we will see you guys in the next one bye